Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. thing it is to lift your voice to sing praises unto the God of glory hallelujah and what's really amazing is that he listens to you and he is pleased with that amen praise God if we can get those track lights turned down please so good to have each and every one of you here today so good to have Brother and Sister Woods and their family back with us. Good to have Randy and Cindy back with us right there. And uh, all of uh, these young boys, these young men. Easton's friend right here. And this family right here. So good to have you with us. Amen. And Donna and Autumn, but hey, they've been here several times now, so amen. We're glad you are here today. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. All right. We're going to call your attention this morning. Just a couple of uh, short scriptures, and we'll get into it here. Ecclesiastes 3, 1, and then Mark 13 and 32. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. In Mark 13 and 32, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man. Now, we've got to kind of back up just a little bit and put this into context. The Lord is talking about the days that we are probably living in. He's talking about things that are going to happen before the rapture of the church. He says, but of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Amen. And let me read that to you from the uh, Amplified Version. 
It simply says, but of that exact day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven. Can you imagine? Now, the angels are involved in a lot of things, and pretty much there's probably a couple sitting right here, I guess, you know. I mean, what they do, but you understand they've been alive for a long time, a long time. They've seen a lot, but they don't even know. This thing that we know is the rapture of the church that will lead into the second coming of Christ, not even the angels know when that hour is. But not even the angels in heaven nor the Son in his humanity, but the Father alone. Be on guard. Stay constantly alert and pray. For you do not know when the appointed time will come. Amen. I'd like to speak to you this morning on this thought. Does anybody really know what time it is? A few of you will get that. Praise God. But I wonder, would you join with me? And I'm going to ask Brother McCune, would you be so kind, Brother McCune, to lead us in prayer? Whatever you got going on today, whatever you got, you're in the house of God. You are in a group of people that have assembled together here today because we love God and because we love you. And because we love, we love that experience that is involved in church. Amen. Brother McCune, would you pray, please? Lord bless you. Amen. Before you're seated, why don't you shake somebody's hand and ask them if they know what time it is. And then you may be seated. Would you get that video, Brother Cliff? Would you get that video ready, please? I want to make you clear, Israel's position. We start got things off here. I want to show you a, a quick video. If they can bring it up, hopefully they can. Very powerful. Amen. How many of you remembered? I guess it doesn't matter. You're here, but did you remember to set your clocks back? Fall back, spring forward. Hallelujah. Well, such as it is, I can never get... Clear Israel's position regarding the ceasefire. I didn't see it here. Just as the United States would not agree to a ceasefire after the bombing of Pearl Harbor or after the terrorist attack of 9-11... I want to make clear Israel's position regarding the ceasefire. Just as the United States would not agree to a ceasefire after the bombing of Pearl Harbor or after the terrorist attack of 9-11, 
Israel will not agree to a cessation of hostilities with Hamas after the horrific attacks of October 7th. Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas, to surrender to terrorism, to surrender to barbarism. That will not happen. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that there is a time for peace and a time for war. This is a time for war, a war for our common future. Today, we draw a line between the forces of civilization and the forces of barbarism. It is a time for everyone to decide where they stand. Israel will stand against the forces of barbarism until victory. Amen. There is a, there's no question in his voice or his words. No question at all. There's a, that, the title here, uh, does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? The song goes on to say, we've all got time enough to cry, and at the close of that song, we've all got time enough to die. I guess Chicago would know, wouldn't they? The city of Chicago? Amen. What time is it? I could tell you, we could, you could look on your phone, you have a world uh, clock on your phone, and it'll give you different times, different parts of the world. Of course, we know we're not all on the same time. I can tell you that at 6.49 this morning, as I was looking at the rising of the sun in my rearview mirror, that both Jerusalem and Kiev, Ukraine, have their clocks in sync. They both were at the same time, 4.49 p.m. And they were both at war. If you could show that photo of the uh, clock. Or I'm sorry, the, well, the, okay. You probably have all seen and heard of this. January 24, 2023, the beginning of this year. The doomsday, doomsday clock was set at 90 seconds to midnight due largely but not exclusively to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the increased risk of nuclear escalation. The new time clock was also influenced by continuing threats posed by the climate crisis and the breakdown of global norms and institutions needed to mitigate risks associated with advancing technology and biological threats, such as COVID. Rachel Bronson, PhD president and CEO of the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists said, we're living in a time of unprecedented danger 
and the doomsday clock time reflects that reality. 90 seconds to midnight is the closest the clock has ever been set to midnight. And it's a decision our experts do not take lightly. The U.S. government, its NATO allies, and Ukraine have a multitude of channels for dialogue. We urge leaders to explore all of them to their fullest ability to turn back the clock. The doomsday clock's time is set by the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, Science and Security Board with the support, listen to this, this isn't just crazy people setting this clock. This is the sponsored, which includes 10 Nobel Prize winners. Previously, the doomsday clock had been at 100 seconds to midnight since 2020. It goes on. They have moved it up. They have moved it back sometimes. They have moved it up. They have moved it, I think, five different times. But uh, get this. These are the top scientists in the world. This was January of 23. I think things have changed just slightly since then. What time is it? The preacher writes in Ecclesiastes 3.2, there is a time to be born and a time to die. Of course, there is a very small line in between the two, and it's called life. Esther 4 and 14, we all know, we've one of our hallmark scriptures probably. It reads like this, talking to this former orphan girl that was now a queen, her cousin, Mordecai, asked her a question because of where she has been brought from to where she is at that particular time. He says, Esther, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Who knows? Grant Knowles. Get it? Grant Knowles. But the point is this. I know you should know it is not by accident or coincidence that you have been born for such a time as this. God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't deal in possibilities or coincidence. No, He deals according to His divine plan of redemption and coordinates it so that people that he has chosen and called out of a world of sin could serve him in the capacity that he needs us to serve him in today, this time, this hour. I know I have been born to live in such a time as this. Beyond question. Acts 7 and 19, 
as they give a dialogue there in the new church, a witness, if you will, talks a little bit about Moses. And it says this, And there arose a king in Egypt that did not know Joseph. He dealt shrewdly with our race, the people of Israel. He didn't treat them kindly. And he forced them to expose their infants so that they would not be kept alive. In other words, they killed the boy babies. I don't think that's news to you. You've read your Bible. You understand that. They were in the process of every male child that came into the world. They wanted them destroyed. Hello? Um, And, but the writer Luke in the seventh chapter there of Acts, he writes this. He says, and at this time... Moses was born. Moses was born during that particular time, a little baby boy. God had a plan. And it goes on to say this, listen carefully. It says, and he was beautiful in God's sight. Back to the preacher, Ecclesiastes 3.11. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Can I remind you, if you need to be reminded this morning, that according to God, you are beautiful in God's eyes. You are a thing of magnificence in the eyes of God. He values you so much that he would pay every nickel and dime and quarter and silver and gold coin in this world so that you could be redeemed, so that you could one day spend eternity with him. You are a thing of beauty in his eyes. You are a beautiful person. Esther, God has taken you from an orphan status. Are you with me? Esther was an orphan. Hello. Esther was an orphan. Esther, God has taken you from an orphan status and made you beautiful. Hello, are you following the storyline? He made Esther the most beautiful lady maiden in all of the land. And she was born an orphan. And she was an Israelite. And they didn't even know it. Esther, God has rescued you from an orphan and made you beautiful. So much more beautiful than all the ladies in the land. Why? Because God's got a purpose for you. It's not time to cozy up to the royal lifestyle. 
and forget where God brought you from. Are you with me? We need Mordecai to rattle the gates of your palace and remind you that your nation is about ready to be destroyed unless you can somehow find a favor with the king of kings. Oh, somebody needs the gates of your palace rattled today. I'm Mordecai coming. I want to rattle the gates of where you live this morning. I want to remind you that just because you live in this great place called America, that does not isolate you from what's going on in this world. You better get concerned about it. You better understand what time it really is. John 14 and 17, Jesus talks about the spirit of truth whom the world could not perceive nor could it receive because it neither knew him or saw him. But he talks to his apostles and he says, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. He goes on to say, I will not leave you comfortless. And I think we all have studied and read enough to understand. You know what that word comfortless means? That means orphans. In other words, Jesus was saying, I'm with you. But one of these days, I'm going to be in you. And when I get in you, you will no longer just be an ordinary orphan, but you will become a son or a daughter of royalty. I will bring you out of that dark place as an orphan child, and I will birth you into this thing called the church of the Most High. The Holy Ghost, the Comforter, is here to transform our lives from living as orphans to living as royalty. You still are living in poverty. You got something going wrong with you. Like Esther, there is a process we must pass through in order to get there. It's called the new birth. You read about Esther. She spent six months as they drained the impurities out of her. And then another six months, they put her under a a heated tent and they poured into her the sweet perfumes and aromas. Oh, come on. Some of you, when you came to God, you stunk to high heaven. You smelled. That deodorant didn't cover it up. It's a process. 
we never, God never expects such a great thing to see these little children, these young babies, such a great thing. We don't expect them to act mature. We don't expect them to get up and go to work and go to school when they're still crawling. We don't expect that. God doesn't expect you to change necessarily overnight, but He does expect you to change. You see, the Holy Ghost, that comforter, the Bible says, I will baptize you with fire and with power. That power is there to enable you, to empower you, to be an overcomer. Why? To be a witness for Him. The fire is to draw all of those impurities out of your heart. It's a process. That process involves dramatic change in our lives. That's why they call it born again. A new birth. Starting over. See, God uses people, places, and events to align us with His divine purpose. His divine purpose to seek and to save the lost. To seek and to save the lost. What are you doing, Esther? Well, I'm enjoying my life. I've never been treated like a queen before. That's not your purpose. Your purpose is that you, God has positioned you so that you could build a relationship with the king on behalf of those that are lost. Get close to the king so you can ask for his help, for your city. Moses, you're a beautiful person, but I'm calling you to go. Why? Because there's a sound. There's a sound. It's coming up. There's people that are crying. There's people that are lost. There are people that are looking for direction in their lives. And Moses, I don't send angels. I send real live humans, men, women, young people to reach out and to touch those that are in desperation. You're beautiful, but that's not your purpose. Why now, God? Moses, why now, God? Because there is a midnight hour that is coming to Egypt. Because there is a midnight hour that's coming to Egypt. And I have a plan to get my people out. But I need your help. That hasn't changed. Watch and pray, for the Son of Man is as a man 
taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commanded the porter, commanded everybody to watch, watch, for you do not know the hour, whether it's morning, noon, or midnight. It may be five o'clock somewhere, but somewhere else it is midnight in somebody's time clock. God's got a plan. He wants to bring them out before that midnight hour strikes. But it's going to have to be the blood, the blood atonement of the perfect Lamb of God that must be applied to their heart's door before that cry comes. We just know it's midnight for somebody somewhere. Let me ask you, which side of the timeline you're living in? You see, time itself, God knows what time it is. And he made a sharp distinction in the universe one day when he showed up. He showed up in human form in order to redeem his people. God showed up in human form. They call it B.C. before he was born. And after that, they call it A.D. I want you to know, there is no need to live in the powerless past. I'm living in the year of my Lord. I'm not one of those. That B.C., they had no redemption. They had no gospel. They had no Christ crucified. We're living in the year of my Lord, A.D. 2023. I've got the message. You've got the message today. We are not living in a hopeless, deathless, sealed tomb. No, sir. I'm living on the other side of that line. I'm living in the church age. I'm living where the tomb was sealed, but the rock was rolled away. I'm living in the day that Jesus rose from the dead and that he ascended back into the heavens. I'm living in the year of my Lord. I'm living in the time between, as the preacher said, a time to be born and a time to die. I'm living in that little straight line between I'm alive today. I'm alive. I'm living a life of where Brother Clemson taught this morning. My sins have been washed away by the precious Lamb of God. I have been filled with power to witness and to overcome. And that same Holy Ghost, it is still working. It's still burning the impurities out of my heart. I'm not perfect. I've not arrived yet this morning. But I'm still in pursuit. Pat Buchanan's book, 
suicide of a superpower. He writes the following, We have entered into an era of austerity and retrenchment unlike any this generation has ever known. But not only is it in the realm of economics and politics, but socially, culturally, and morally. America has taken on the aspect of a decadent society and a declining nation. When faith dies, the culture dies. Civilization dies and the people die. That is the progression. He goes on and he says, we are in the Indian summer of our civilization. That's an old book, by the way. I'm going to close here in a couple of minutes. I want to. The Bible speaks of the power of two or three witnesses. Now hold on. I received an email on a Tuesday morning at 5:30 a.m. telling me they, a person in this church, had a vision. They said I saw the clear covering of a clock explode fly away, dissipate. All that was left was the hands of the clock. I, it was my reaction that made it powerful. I knew I was seeing the miraculous. 5.30. 6.30 a.m. that same day, I received a text from a person in our church. A powerful message woke me up, they said. I am to share it with you. Call me when you can. Sorry about the hour. I called this person when I was on the road about 8 a.m. Here's this person's message. They were standing in front of a time clock. They were to direct their worship into this time clock. It was as if her worship started the time clock. After this, I related to both of these people the connecting of their dreams. Amazing. That night, I had a dream of a bus rolling over and over out of control that smashed into the 7-Eleven right behind us. It's not a 7-Eleven, I always call it that. Behind the church. It caused a massive explosion. The only thing I remember is walking from that burning building to this church, unhurt, not only unhurt, but walking normally as if nothing had ever happened. I witnessed no injuries, just fire and the explosion. I do not remember going into the church. Instead, I found myself in a very comfortable, peaceful setting, my home. I was in front of our fireplace, enjoying the warm fire. However, my attention was drawn to something out of place. In place of a very large mirror that used to hang over the mantle of our fireplace, there instead was an antique clock the same size as that mirror in the mouth of two or three witnesses. I felt like God was telling me he is wanting to release the day of miracles to the true worshipers of God. This will take place during an hour of fire. 
But during this time, the worshipers, instead of being harmed by the fire of tribulation, will be comforted by the warm, peaceful fire of the Holy Ghost. That big antique clock was God watching over his church. 2013. See, I, I got more notes. 2013 is when that happened. I saved them all. I got enough notes to last me a long time. Watch and pray as you stand. We may not be able to pray like Hezekiah and have God turn back the sundial, but we can choose to live on the right side of the timeline. Are you with me? We need to understand that we don't live before BC, we don't live in the era of they talked about something that was going to happen in the future. They were hoping it was going to happen. They were counting that it was going to happen. No, no, no. See, God drew that line, and you and I had the distinct privilege of crossing and stepping over that line into the miraculous. You know, you are living in the day of the miraculous. You know what the miraculous is? That your soul can be saved. That you can be born again. That you can repent of your sins with the full assurance, with the absolute positively assurance that God will not only hear, but He will answer and He will forgive you. But He asks you to do something else. He asks you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins. Okay, Not just the forgiving of it, but the remission means that not only does He forgive you, but He washes them away as if they never ever even happened. And then He goes on to say, and you shall receive. The gift of the Holy Ghost, the power, the comforter, the spirit of truth, that which leads you into all truth, that which en enables you, Brother Jack, man, did you hear his testimony the other night? Boom. Yeah. Oh, man. I could get stuck on that for a while. You have, unless you were here, you have no idea what this young man overcame. Call you young because, you know, you're young in, compared to eternity. <laughs> you're young compared to Adam, so, or, or Methuselah, so. You understand? You got no idea what... Your walk with God can empower and enable you 
to overcome things in life that you never thought, nor your family ever. Your family did. Some of you that are here this morning, your family didn't give you one chance. You know why they say that? Because you inherited their DNA. <laughs> but guess what? Get a new DNA. Yeah. Trade that old natural father out to your heavenly father. Because no matter how much your family loves you, it is minuscule, minuscule compared to what and how he loves you. How he loves you is beyond. Is beyond. We've got to live on the right side of that line, folks. We are not living B.C. We are living in the church age. We have been 2,000 years engaged in this thing. It's not time to get despondent and discouraged. It's time to lift your head up high. It's time for you to tell the world that, that yes, I do love Jesus Christ. I do believe that he is the God of the universe. I believe he is the only way that you can be saved. Brother Bates out there guarding the door in case they heard me. <laughs> you understand? We're, listen, I, if, there, if there was an angel this morning, if there was an angel, I'm going to call him Mordecai. He wants to rattle your gate. He wants to rattle your cage this morning. He wants to rattle the place where you live. He wants you to be aware. It's, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. Here's what we do know. Here's what we do know. If the world thinks that we're 90 seconds away. If the world thinks we're 90 seconds away, prior to Israel, then what saith the church? Is that prayer they say? may be a little bit of doubt this morning, but you know what? This is, this is the reality that we live in. This is not, we're not, we're not reading the comic books no more. You understand? We're not reading Superman's going to come and rescue us. No, no, no. There, Superman's not coming. Okay? Superman's not coming. You're here. If you have a need this morning, we're going to open this altar, challenge each and every one of you. If you need special prayer, if there's anybody that needs to be baptized this morning, we'll get her done. If you need a miracle in your life today, doesn't matter what it is. Don't matter what it is. Young people, what's eating at you today? Come on, be truthful, be honest. I don't think you can be a young person and 
be alive out there in the schools and the different things that's going on and not have some real deep concerns. This is the place where you can lay them right down here at that altar. This is a place where these elders or us mature people, if you will, we're not going to hassle you. We're not going to derate you. We're not going to laugh at you. No, sir. We're going to be down here, and if you want us to help you pray, then we'll be here to help you pray. But if not, you come down here. You let it all out to God. You express how you're feeling to God. You ask Him to help you in your time of need. Would you come this morning? If you need special prayer, we've already prayed for some folks today. We'll pray more. We'll anoint you. We'll pray. We'll help you. Do what we can. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Let's We'll make room here. We'll move chairs out of the way, whatever we got to do. We'll make room. We'll make room. What does your time clock say today? If you were called on, you were called on to give a time, what would it be? What would your time clock say? I say, come on, let's worship him. Let's thank him if you need prayer. If you need prayer, you come right down here at the very front, okay? Raise your hand so we know. Hallelujah. Oh, that's it. Come on. Fathers, pray for your children. Mothers, pray for your children. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Help us pray. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we come before you, God. We're so very thankful for Sister Sarah. We're so thankful, God. Hallelujah. And we're asking you, our Lord, our Savior, our physician, that you, God, would touch her, touch her body, bring the miracle of healing, Lord, so that she can testify yet again of your goodness.
somebody that you haven't prayed with for a while. Come on, let's, let's lift one another up this morning. Don't be bashful, don't be afraid, come on.